Thanks for checking out this episode of the Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast. Every Wednesday, my guest and I talk about a movie we've enjoyed. We throw in some fun trivia facts about the film during the conversation. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts and post your comments or questions or even your favorite scenes from the movie we talk about. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Joining me on the podcast this week is my favorite person in the world. Yeah, it's true. My wonderful, beautiful, and incredible wife, Sue. Oh, thanks, honey. You're welcome. We started to make a list of some of the movies that you and I want to talk about on the Mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. And after looking at the list, you're going to be like the indie girl. (laughs) You know, I was thinking that, actually. Yeah, it's kind of shaping up that way. It's not to say that we won't talk about more mainstream stuff together. There's a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, it's starting to look like you're going to be the person that I take a little bit of a left turn with every once in a while. Okay, that's okay with me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And and we're going to do that this week, in fact. Yes, we are. We're going to talk about a movie from 2013, Mm -hmm. uh, released July 26, 2013 to be exact, The Way, Way Back. What a great movie. This is an awesome movie that I don't know how many people had a chance to see because it wasn't a big money blockbuster kind of thing. No, no car crashes or anything. No, no superheroes. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) No aliens. But a fantastic cast. Really great. Yeah. Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Allison Janney, Sam Rockwell in, to me, his best role ever. Ever. I loved him in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's so, so unexpected. Good. Yeah, it's it's such a, a different role for him. Yep. Maya Rudolph, Liam James, who's the kid star of the movie, mm-hmm. Rob Corddry, and Amanda Peet. Seven years before this movie, though, and this is kind of interesting, Steve Carell and Tony Collette, who play a couple in this film, mm-hmm. played siblings in Little Miss Sunshine. Right. Another great movie, yep. and probably one that you and I will talk about on the podcast. I, yeah, I would love to. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And also, Liam James and Amanda Peet, played mother and son in another movie, uh, the film 2012. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This movie written and directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who also appear in the movie as Roddy and Lewis, respectively. Mm-hmm. The script was written in 2007 as The Way Back, but the title was later changed to avoid confusion with the 2010 film with the same name. Ah. The title refers to The Way Back Seat, the 1970s expression for the third usually hidden seat in the cargo section of a station wagon. Now, you had a station wagon with one of those seats. I did when yeah. we first met. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> were still great. making them. Yep. And very rarely did we actually use it for passengers. But right. sometimes my nieces and nephews, if we were all going out somewhere, someone would say, oh, I want to sit backwards. I remember from growing up, my best friend is one of six kids. Okay. And every summer... Mom Riley would get all the kids together and they could each bring a friend so there could be up to 12 kids. And she'd load us into the station wagon and drive us up to Deer Lake. And I loved sitting in the back, in the way, way back, (laughs) facing backwards. Kathy and I would sit there and, uh, you know, possibly one or two of her sisters. And as I was telling you, as we were watching the movie, we would do a foot dance. We'd put our feet up (laughs) the back rear windshield and do little foot dances for the people behind us to entertain them. Because we thought, you know, especially if there was traffic. (laughs) You could have done like a puppet show back there. We could have. (laughs) <laughs> I always loved it back there. So I wanted to mention that during the podcast a couple of weeks ago that I did with Les Sinclair for Bad Words, mm-hmm. another sort of independent movie. Mm-hmm. And a fabulous podcast. Thank you very much. A great movie. You know, when the subject matter is so good, it's hard not to have a good podcast, <laughs> I guess. But we mentioned that its screenplay was featured on the 2013 Blacklist, which is a list of the most liked unmade scripts of the year. Mm-hmm. 
this movie also shares that distinction. It does. It was on the 2007 blacklist. Aha. Now, what I did not know is you can actually Google blacklist movies and bring them up and go to the blacklist site Mm -hmm. and see the actual programs of each year's awards. Nice. So I did find it on the 2007 blacklist Mm -hmm. with the description... A teenage boy comes into his own over the course of a summer through an unlikely relationship with the man in charge of the local water park. Some people might think, ah, it's just a coming-of-age movie summer, blah, blah, blah. Nothing Been there, wrong with done that. that. Nothing wrong with that. But there's so much more to it than that anyway. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Really I love coming-of-age movies anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it always brings up a great nostalgic feeling in me. Mm-hmm. And who can't relate to that? You exactly. Know? We all, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. And plus, they did such a neat thing by throwing so much nostalgia into it. Absolutely. It was originally written to take place in the 80s. Right. But then they found out how much it would cost to make everything genuinely 1980s. Right. So they said, well, we'll go modern, but we're going to keep a lot of the retro stuff. Right. They had a, a $5 million budget. I love how they integrate things in the movie, like you said, from the 80s. Mm-hmm. It almost seems timeless. Yeah, You kind of know that it's modern day because Mm -hmm. there's technology that you see throughout the movie. Gas prices is a thing that you see. You go, yikes. But I do love that it kind of reminds you of a lot of things from past movies, too. Mm -hmm. For example, didn't you read something about Sam Rockwell's character? Originally, the writers and directors wanted Jake Gyllenhaal. Wow. For the part, but it just didn't work out. But it was, they said it was great to meet with them, talk about it. But when they talked to Rockwell, he got the inspiration from one of my other favorite summer movies, Meatballs, okay. Bill Murray. Yeah. And it's funny because before you, you know, we did the research for this and found that information. When we watched this movie, I said, he's, he reminds me so much of right. Tripper, yeah. Bill Murray's character in Meatballs. Mm-hmm. By the way, another movie we've discussed on this podcast going way back, so check that episode out. Way, way back. Way back. That's right. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, he does a, a, definitely a homage to, to Bill Murray's character oh, in Meatballs. He's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's he doesn't play a man-child, right. air quotes that I'm making here that uh, no one can see, but he definitely has childlike behavior at times. I mean, there's sort of that element, the dynamic between he and Maya Rudolph. Right. He kind of shirks responsibility a little bit at the park. Well, yeah, yeah. But when Duncan is talking to Owen, Mm -hmm. he is definitely the adult in the conversation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he may goof around a bit, but he's not just like acting like a kid. Yeah. I think the Bill Murray character in Meatballs is on almost the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Which is great, Mm because that's the kind of movie it is. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, you're right, when he and Duncan have the heart-to-heart conversations... He's definitely keyed in. And he gives him some good advice, too. He really does. He says something to him that actually touches my heart Mm -hmm. every time. We'll get to that. (laughs) I just wanted to go circle back a little bit. You know, you talked about Jake Gyllenhaal being considered for the Owen part. Yeah, yeah. And my first knee-jerk reaction to that was, oh, God, no. It's rare that he does uh, any kind of comedic stuff. Yeah, but before this, how many comedic parts did Sam Rockwell do? I caught myself because then I realized, (laughs) hey, wait a minute, Sam Rockwell's always that brooding kind of guy, too. Yeah, he can play a real villain. Yeah, he's really good. Just, you know, evil and rotten. And then he turns around and he puts in a performance like this and you go, whoa! Yeah, it's really really fantastic. (laughs) Yep. And then you have a guy like Steve Carell, Mm -hmm. who normally plays a character that you can like. Yep, everybody is cast against type in this movie. You know, and he's just such a jerk. He, there is not one redeeming thing about this character, no. his, Steve Carell's character in this movie. Not at all. He's terrible, terrible. Horrible. Guy. Yeah. Horrible. Almost to the point where it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. How he is. Yeah. And the way he talks to Duncan is so condescending. Oh. And t- first of all, 
a great drinking game for this movie, by the way, <laughs> is every time Steve Carell calls Duncan Buddy in the movie, you take a drink. What did you say about it the first couple times he was saying it? It gives you the douche chills. Every time he does it... <laughs> Every time he says it, because you know it's so it's so non genuine. Oh, hey buddy, the this luggage isn't going to unpack itself. Yeah, hey buddy, the uh, the cooler's not going to get to the car itself. Hey buddy, put this on. Yeah, hey buddy, uh, you know where were you? Your mom was worried. Hey buddy, you know whatever. Oh my gosh, (laughs) just one after another. (laughs) Hey buddy, were you laying on top of my car because there was a dent in the roof? It popped out. It's not a problem, but you know I just want to know. He's just a dick. I mean, he really and and it really speaks volumes of how great Steve Carell is as an actor because you believe it. Absolutely. And and I you know was reading on uh, IMDb they have Mm -hmm. like the little forums where people talk about the movies and Mm -hmm. stuff. And somebody said something like, Steve Carell is a bad guy. Is he that good of an actor or is he really a dick? And I I hope to God he's not like this character. Well, I mean, I was reading articles from the local papers Mm -hmm. at the time that the movie was filming. They said Steve Carell would, they'd wave to him and he'd go over and talk to them. He'd sign out autographs. They said he was really nice. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's really a dick. I hope not. (laughs) No, he doesn't. I mean, you know, know, from from what I've seen, he seems like a good guy, but I mean, you just never know. Yeah, and I think he's very underrated as an actor. I think he's he's, very good. Well, I think he's finally getting his due now. I mean, he was nominated for Foxcatcher. Yeah. Yeah. Which he was phenomenal in that movie, mm-hmm. too. He's done a lot of, you know, light stuff for a good part of his career, but he's done a lot of great movies, too. Yeah, yeah. We could do a couple of months worth of podcasts of Steve Carell movies. We could. I'd you be know? down for that. Yeah, you and I are going to have to look at some yeah. of his other movies yeah, and, yeah, and talk definitely. about that, for sure. Yeah, you see, he had an interesting way of coming into this character. Mm-hmm. The movie almost takes Summer Vacation and makes it its own location and location and time. Okay. You think about it. You arrive at the house Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. You open it up, and it's the same as it was when you left it last Labor Day. Right. You know, so it's like its own little time zone. Sure. You know, and Steve Carell's character is like that too. Yeah. Because we find out later in the movie, and I'm not going to give it away, but there's something that goes on every summer. Right. And it's definitely you close the door on Labor Day, you open it up Memorial Day and you just keep going. And you're using, you know, the same dishes that the house has and the same bedding. And it's probably all the same stuff from the 70s or 80s until it wears out, you know, and it's just its own thing. And Steve Carell also said he wouldn't play a character like this and judge him because that wouldn't be honest. Well, you can't. I think if you're an actor or an actress, if you judge the characters that you're playing, you'd never challenge yourself. Yeah. I mean, think about a guy like Anthony Hopkins, for example, if he judged Hannibal Lecter. True. I mean, he would have passed up the greatest role of his mm-hmm. life. Yep. So even though Steve Carell says to Tony Collette, we're going to make this work, you know, it almost seems like he knows he can't move forward. Yeah. He knows he's stuck in this cycle of summer dude. This is yeah. what we do. Well, you it's know, also every interesting because there's a couple of things in the movie, too. First off, he, he buys the station wagon, which is the same station wagon that his parents took him to this place mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So he purposely gets the same car. Right. And then there's a line that Susanna says where she says that the summer is, is sort of like spring break for adults. Yes. Because all the parents just kind of like the kids run wild. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. The parents are drinking. They're getting high. They're yeah. whatever. Yeah. And they're really not being responsible parents. Right. Like you said, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, they can forget yeah. about their responsibilities. Right, right. I wanted to talk about the opening scene in the movie where yes. they're driving to the vacation house mm-hmm. and Tony Collette's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And Steve Carell's daughter is sleeping. Mm-hmm. Duncan is in the way, way back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve Carell goes, hey, Duncan, how do you see yourself? How would you rate yourself on a scale of one to ten? Mm-hmm. Duncan doesn't really want to engage in conversation with him. He doesn't yeah. like him. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. 
And he finally gets him to say say something. He says, six. Six? I think you're a three, which is a horrible, oh. horrible thing. Who does that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Who well, does we that? know who does that. Yeah. The reason I want to talk about that, in an interview, uh, writer-director Jim Rash said that the script's main inspiration was that opening scene. Mm-hmm. It was actually inspired by a real conversation that he had with his own stepfather when he was 14. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine anybody would talk to a kid like that. It's terrible. It's terrible. And he even said, I said six, so it wouldn't sound like I was being conceited. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah. In that scene, and it's awkward, and it's, you know, the way it's shot, you see, you're looking at the back of the car, so you see Duncan's face, but then Steve Carell, all you see of him is his eyes and eyebrows in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Even that much. Yeah. You want to smack him. That's how good he is. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you just, you just, douche chills. It's just so uncomfortable. Douche chills. There's no other way to say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I thought, okay, well, he's saying to him, all right, well, you're happy hanging out around the apartment and not really doing much, and you really should try to go out and do more. And put yourself out there. Put yourself out there in life. And, you know, that is good advice. Yeah. But he just, he can't say it nicely. No, exactly. You're breaking the kid down, and then you're trying to tell him to go put himself out there. Yeah. Give the kid confidence if you want him to go out there. Yeah. Don't, don't treat him like that. Yeah, and say, well, so let's try to bring that number up this summer. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole. Jerk. Yeah, I mean, the kid who plays Duncan, Liam James, is just, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's so good, and his posture Mm -hmm. is so awkward. He's kind of hunched over Mm -hmm. and all that. And it's just great to see the transformation without giving too much away. He meets Sam Rockwell. He gets a job at the water park, Mm -hmm. and his life just becomes so much better. Yeah. You know? It's just a matter of he's put into situations that he wouldn't have put himself into. Right. He succeeds. And he builds some confidence. Yeah. It's so great. It's amazing how different he is at the end of the movie mm-hmm. than he is in the mm-hmm. beginning. All that has to do with Sam Rockwell's character yep. and the experiences that he has at the water park. Yep. Now, what's interesting is they filmed all of the Sam Rockwell and Liam James scene first. Very interesting. Very interesting. So they met. They got along famously. Sam Rockwell started doing theater and being on stage when he was 10. Okay. So he knew what it was like to be a young kid actor, and he knew how he liked to be treated. And he said he definitely had a very bohemian upbringing. By coastal, I don't know if his parents were divorced or whatever. So he and Liam James got along so well that all the fun that they're having and the chemistry is just, it just grew. It's very real. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess Sam Rockwell had to move on to another project, and they did the rest of the filming. Oh, wow. And Tony, That's kind of a downer, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Tony Collette actually noticed at one point that Liam seemed a little depressed. Uh, you know, but hey, it worked for the scenes. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say it probably worked great for, yeah. that's probably, maybe they, they did that purposely. I wonder, yeah. You know, that he could channel that into his yeah. performance as the uh, down and out Duncan. Yeah, so then he could sit with the other annoying adults and, you know, <laughs> be all brooding and schlumping. And, the, and, and Steve Carell's stuck up bitch daughter. Oh, wow. It's amazing how... how Steve Carell and his daughter in the movie are like the same thing, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and know, she even the apple says, doesn't fall far from the tree, as they say. Yes, and she even says to her friends, "Oh, my dad only sees me like two times a year, so he lets me do anything I want." Yeah, you know. But there's a case for <laughs> nature versus nurture, I guess. Yeah, huh? I guess so. <laughs> so you know, as I mentioned before, there was a a, a very low budget for this movie, yeah. and in order to save money, they decided not to get trailers for the actors, mm-hmm. and instead they rented a house for mm-hmm. the duration of filming, about six weeks 
where the actors could go between takes. And it kind of became a popular hangout spot for the cast and crew. They would yeah. go there uh, even during weekends or days off. Yeah, so, and they could just you know hang out, play video games, chill. <laughs> yeah. And the reason that they ended up filming this movie in Massachusetts, in Cape Cod, originally you said they were going to film where? In Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Which, you know, makes sense because it's very touristy there. Yeah, it's, probably yeah, it's got cool. all the, you know, got all the stuff, the right. water parks, the beach. But they decided to film in Massachusetts. Well, because the last person they cast was Steve Carell mm -hmm. and they really wanted him. So they, you know, sent him a long letter. They sent him the script and he said, I really like the script, but I'm going to be up with my family in the Boston area. So when he found out that they actually moved the location of the shoot just a short drive from where he and his family vacationed, he was able to accept the role. Yeah. Yeah. And then he shot his part in 10 days. So. 10 days. Boom. The cool thing, too, is that the water park that they use in the movie, WaterWiz, mm -hmm. is a real water park. It is. It's so cool. I want to go there. Yeah. It's known as Cape Cod's only water park, in fact. Okay. And, uh, family owned. Located in East Wareham, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. They attract about 100,000 visitors yearly. Okay. And um, this was actually used, this water park, in another movie, which is amazing when you think about it, because it's a small family-owned thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was also used in the Adam Sandler movie Grown Ups, which also co-starred Maya Rudolph. That's funny. She must have known where everything was. Yeah, it was probably like coming home. <laughs> <laughs> probably a good thing. I noticed some real cute things about Water Wiz. Okay. First of all, in one of the scenes, you kind of can see the restroom area. And it's got the men's room is on the left, the ladies' room is on the right. Mm -hmm. And you can see pretty clearly that the ladies' room, it's over the door, the sign says gulls. Okay. So I spent the re part of that scene looking, looking, looking <laughs> at the men's room sign, and then sure enough, it said buoys. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so cute. Little play on words. That's yeah. Nice. So, you know, me and my proclivity towards obscurity i you know i like to google things and then google what i find from there um i actually went to the water whiz website i appreciate your attention to detail i'm going to say it again <laughs> because well first of all i want to go there i so, did i did too for what it was yeah what it's worth. and it's it. neat because yeah. i mean they have some new rides but some of it was the exact same the salty dog sugar shack and ray's place mm-hmm they're right next to each other, and you can see them, you know, mm -hmm. right in the pictures online. They also have Davy Jones Lockers and Rentals, mm -hmm. and that's where the towel shack was. Okay. <laughs> where where Lewis is? Yeah, okay. and he has that funny line, I'll be here or in the when shack nobody, where nobody, nobody comes. Visits, yeah. <laughs> Jim Rash is great. You know, he has a small role in the movie, but obviously as one of the writers and, and directors, mm -hmm. you know, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I have to mention one other thing about the water park. Mm -hmm. When they first bring Duncan up to go down the, the tube ride, mm -hmm. and Nat Faxon plays Roddy. Yes. And he's in control of, okay, you can go, now hold, no, you can go, now hold. Yeah, the girl in the bikini. <laughs> and of course, he has the girl in the bikini hold, and we're holding, and we're ready to hold. A step forward, a turn a little, and you know, the camera's showing her doing this, but right. only from like the waist down. Right. He's clearly turning her so he can see his, her butt. Right. And I thought, oh my gosh, come on, you know, because that's what the you know the woman in me has to think about right. that. But it turns out they talked to some of the water was employees, and they actually did that sometimes. Oh no! <laughs> you think that's just something that they wrote for the movie, yeah. but they really do that. Yeah. Yikes. You know, but they filmed on location. They didn't even close the park. <laughs> Makes sense because why go hire extras? Exactly. They've got people, a built-in audience right there. Exactly. You know? They would have to sign li you know, liability release, waivers yeah. or whatevers. Yeah. 
and um, they would have to have what they're wearing approved by costumes. Yeah, they probably didn't want to have logos and stuff on the yeah. people. Aside from a Little Mermaid bathing suit okay. on the little kid that was yeah. crying when they were closing down for July 4th, mm-hmm. I didn't really notice anything other than just solid colors and stuff. Okay, yeah, it's true. I read somewhere that they said, you know, if you look at the Lazy River scene where they're walking past the Lazy River, you can actually see some of the people in the Lazy River like just kind of turning and looking right at the camera <laughs> as they go by. If you look, you probably could find it, but I, yeah. I, I wasn't really looking for that. Yeah, you know? I just wanted to see it because you're it so focused fun. on the conversation between yeah. Owen and Duncan that's yeah, going on because yeah. it's so funny, mm-hmm. you know. When they were scouting locations, Jim mm-hmm. Rash would take some pictures of the beach houses that he thought would be good to use for mm-hmm. filming. And coincidentally, one of the houses that he photographed belonged to Steve Carell's in-laws. Yeah. Which is kind of a a cool thing. Every time we watch it, I look at the town that they drive through the center of town to get to the street that the houses are on. And I just go, oh, it's so pretty. Yeah, it's so pretty. You have like the neat storefronts and the the fences around the yards. And it was actually filmed in Marshfield, Massachusetts, which is south of Boston, but not yet to Cape Cod. Okay. And it was on Bay Avenue they found the two houses next to each other that they could use. And that's where you said they set up a house instead of a trailer. Right. So apparently, I didn't know, it's a New England tradition to name your summer cottage. (laughs) I've noticed that sometimes when we're driving up to the lake Mm -hmm. or down the shore or something, you might see a house and it has a sign on it. You know, know, it's like Water's Edge or something like that. So the house that Steve Carell lived in, Mm -hmm. it was called... Riptide. Riptide. Yeah. So they they made the sign that actually said Riptide and put it on the house. And oh, okay. then the house that Alice and Janney lived in was called... Booze Cruisin'. They made the sign in like the shape of a drink. I'm thinking of how inappropriate Alice and Janney's character is. <sighs> I mean, she's she just meets mm-hmm. Tony Collette for the first time and she's saying all kinds of stuff. And then they get in the house and mm-hmm. they're starting to unpack. Yep. She goes, so how was your winter? Because our year was a challenge. My niece was raped in October. Tony Collette's like, oh my God. And she's like, I know, not even food courts are safe. <laughs> it's like, that's not something you say to somebody you just met. I know, you know? I know. And then when Steve Carl's daughter comes out yeah. and she's going to go to the beach and she has her bathing suit on uh-huh. and she's like, oh, watch out. You know, that's the kind of bathing suit that got me pregnant the first time. And, and then the girl says, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. Something like that. Alice and Janney so was good. so amazing that the rest of the cast... When they were filming Alice and Janney's scenes, the rest of the cast was their favorite day. They would just gather around the monitors mm-hmm. and watch her go crazy. Yeah, she's really, really talented. Yep. Steve Carell even said it was just wind her up and let her go. <laughs> just fantastic it. fun. And Allison said it was just one of the most exhausting characters she she had ever played. <laughs> But she wanted to do it because she like knew people mm-hmm. like that to just talk yeah, too much. Yeah. Just too much. TMI. <laughs> you know, and she even said that I, I know some of my scenes are on the cutting room floor. A little Betty goes a, a long exactly, way. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's just enough. Just yeah. enough of that obnoxious TMI character. Yep. I mean, her first line in the script was Yoo-hoo. And she changed it to Hootie-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> came out and, yeah. you know, she's like hugging Steve Carell. How are you? Well, look at you. Well, press my laundry. Yeah. And she's you like, know? You know, great. I don't have to drink by myself yeah, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, everybody in the cast is terrific. I mean, we, we can't say enough about how good the kids are, all yes. of them. Mm-hmm. Especially the, the little kid that plays Alice and Janney's son, Peter, the with the lazy eye. lazy eye. <laughs> My favorite thing is um, when he goes with Duncan to the water park. Mm-hmm. 
when he meets Owen, um, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell's character, mm-hmm. he goes, what's with the eye patch? He goes, oh, my mom makes me wear it because she says my eye confuses people. He yeah. goes, oh, you got to show it to me yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And he takes it off. He goes, oh, look at that thing. That's great. I would never wear an eye patch if I had that. Yeah, and the kid's like, like, yeah, right. No, look at all the bits I could do with that eye. Exactly. <laughs> Daring somebody to look me in the eye when they talk to me. It's <laughs> so funny. So good. <laughs> Um, Maya Rudolph's character, it was interesting to read that her character of Caitlin in the original script was going to be a young teenager who worked in the park, but they decided to change it to an older character that Owen would interact with. Okay, yeah, and, and it was her third summer there, I remember yeah, her saying. Yeah, exactly. There really wasn't a lot in the script, but the moments that they share together on screen, the two of them, mm-hmm. they really make the most of. Yes. You kind of get a sense of there's some history with these two. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I love the way at one point, you know, he's walking next to her mm-hmm. and he just like throws his nose into her neck. Yeah. And he's like smelling her hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he kisses her later, but he kisses her like on the forehead or something. Yeah. While he's hugging her. It's just so sweet. Yeah. You know? Sam Rockwell had some fun on the microphone in the water park too, right? Yeah. There's a scene where uh, I actually made a note of the scene. Yeah. Duncan is standing there talking to Susanna. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Duncan, please report to the administrative offices international. I have to announce it over the PA as my voice won't carry that far. My throat suffered major damage during an intense makeout session with Lewis's mom. She has a forked tongue and a touch of the herpes. And then Lewis goes, I don't have a mom. I have two dads in your face. You know, real, real dry. <laughs> yeah. But after he mm-hmm. said that mm-hmm. into the microphone, mm-hmm. one of the managers from the park came over to him and said, you got to stop that. We got families here. Yeah. <laughs> he got in trouble. You, you can't say herpes on the microphone when you got a families. <laughs> no STDs. <laughs> yeah. So in your research, did you come up with any other cool stuff? When the movie premiered at Sundance, mm-hmm. Nat Faxon and Jim Rash were a little nervous about the whole thing. It had been an eight-year process for right. them to get it there. They got to a certain point. They were like, you know, they talked to the producer and said, look, we want to direct it. It's our baby. Yeah, you know, So they could handpick the cast. They could put it all together. And it got a standing ovation at Sundance. That's awesome. Which was kind of record-breaking at the time. Like That had never happened before. Yeah, they actually had won Best Adapted Screenplay Oscars for the 2011 George Clooney film The Descendants. Right, because that was what, like, I think got them the Hollywood impetus to finally make this. Okay. Not bad for two guys who met in the Groundlings, Mm -hmm. that improv troupe that I love to talk about. Yep. But because the movie itself was filmed in 25 days start to finish, there wasn't really a lot of room for really going off the deep end with improv. Sure. We were wondering if Sam Rockwell, some of the stuff he was saying, because it's so funny and just so out there, we thought, well, is it improv? Yeah. But I'm guessing maybe not. Yeah. I mean, either way, it's great stuff. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to share a quick Steve Carell story that I thought was kind of cool when I read it. He owns and operates the Marshfield Hills General Store in Marshfield, Massachusetts, where he has the summer home. Before acting, he had worked overnights at a convenience store for a few months. And one night... A woman came in. He said that, you know, most of the time it's just kind of people that are maybe a little stoned. They come in. They want like one of those disgusting hot dogs that's been on the little rollers. <laughs> Some munchies. Yeah, like that sort of thing. They are the cigarettes or whatever. Yeah. But one night a woman came in who was kind of distraught and she paused for a moment when she was paying at the counter and she looked up and said, do you think I'm pretty? Turned out she had just walked in on her boyfriend with another woman. Steve Carell and the woman ended up having this long conversation about a person's self-worth, about fidelity, trust, relationships, all that. And then he treated her to a slushy. And you were wondering <laughs> if he was really a jerk See, like Trent. I guess that answers the question. But, I mean, you know, now that he's a big movie star, who knows? Maybe that changes a person. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. I, 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 I can't not. imagine. Yeah. He, he seems like a really down-to-earth guy. This is really, we can't emphasize enough, a great movie. 
I mean, it's really not just one of those coming-of-age movies. We love meatballs. Yeah. But some people might... That's a little more screwball. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is not like that. This is like the thinking man's meatballs. There you go. Right? Sort of? Yeah, yeah. I also love the soundtrack for it. One of your favorite 80s songs, Kiri, from Mr. Mister, is in it. Carry a laser. Yeah. Yeah. Carry a laser. (laughs) They like outer space. (laughs) Yep. I think... Sam Rockwell's character Owen really sums it up the best because Owen and Duncan first meet when Owen is playing Pac-Man. Right. So Duncan says, you know, there's a pattern to this. And Owen goes, oh, no, don't tell me you're one of those kids. Yeah, no, those. you know. <laughs> so it turns out he has to leave before the game is over. Mm-hmm. So he says to Duncan, you know, finish out my quarter. Mm-hmm. He says, but no patterns. So at the end, Duncan and Owen are saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Owen says to him, listen, you have to go out and don't follow the patterns. Carve out your own path. Yes. And Great advice. I just, I love that. Yeah. Love it, love it. It's good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, The Way, Way Back, highly recommend it if mm. you've never seen it. Such a great movie. And it doesn't even have to be summer, although it definitely, yeah. you know, is a summer movie. If you want to see you know, kids running around in flip-flops and riding their bikes and their shorts. It's just a fun movie that'll make you think a little bit, and it's really well done. Yes. Well, honey, thanks for being on the podcast with me as usual. Well, thank you for having me. I'll be your indie girl any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, it just seems like, you know, that's, that's so where funny. we're heading when I look at the list, but yeah. that's okay. You yeah. know, I think it's, it's good to mix up the kind of movies we talk about sure. on here. So thanks to you for listening. Please remember to like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash screenfacts, and let us know if you have a favorite scene from the movie, if you've seen it, or if you have any other comments. Remember, I'm at Jason Davis Voice on Twitter, or you can email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please help others find the show by rating and commenting on iTunes. You can also support the show by ordering Screen Facts merchandise. We have a couple of different items on the podcast page of jasondavisvoice.com, including the brand new car magnets. Show theme music by Audionautics.com. Thanks to WickedRadioNetwork.com and our announcer, Kim McKay from Kim'sVoice.com. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit JasonDavisVoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.